the Instructor Podcast with Terry Cook, talking with leaders, innovators, experts and game changers about what drives them. So welcome to the Instructor Podcast and today we've got an extra special treat because you are getting the guest that has been on every episode of season two so far. You may recognise his voice in a minute. I'm going to introduce you to the wonderful Peter Garbach. How are you today, Peter? I'm very good, thank you. Very good indeed. Yeah, it, it's strange that people have just heard my voice and are now hearing my voice again. So for those of you that don't pay attention, Peter actually did the intro for this video um, and he gets to say nice things about me at the start and the end of the show. So that's always great. And I appreciate it because it's a smashing job you did as well. Thank you very much. Yeah, I really enjoy doing stuff like that. I enjoy, especially enjoy doing little sort of voiceovers and stuff like that because um, I get to play around a little bit with it. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, um, that's probably a good way to start the show because that's giving you a hint of a, about what you actually do. So do you want to take a moment to tell us a bit about yourself and what, you, what you're up to? Yeah, um, well, I'm Pete. I predominantly at the moment do video editing and content creation. Uh, I'm also involved with um, podcasts. So I assist people in editing their podcasts and getting them out there in creating the visuals and um, yeah, I suppose that a big aspect of it is multimedia. So it is the video, the audio, and having the sort of skills to kind of bring them together um, from a perspective of also having done broadcasting in the past uh, and currently as well. Um, so I kind of bring all that together um, into a unique little package. And, uh, and what's a unique little package you have? Um, <laughs> I don't know where that came from. I'm sorry. Um, but uh, just on that, actually, before we go any further, you're actually um, uh, in the process, I believe, of doing a, a test talk around that for, for uh, my Patreon subscription. So very much looking forward to hearing that. But I think you've uh, you've actually undersold yourself slightly there because you spoke about the, the mechanics almost of what you do. But I think you're so much more than that. Um, the way you put yourself across online and the, the way you answer questions around sort of uh, the promoting and social media and, uh, and marketing and, and, and the, the idea generation of it and the fact that you're in um, uh, Instructor Podcast Alumni, G. Sabini Roberts, uh, you're in their Facebook group, Brand Hacks, I believe it's called, which, by the way, go and join. Uh, and you're like one of the, um, I don't know what the word is, masterminds on there that's doing all the the content over there and trainings and all that kind of stuff. I think you've uh, you've massively undersold yourself there. Yeah, I think it, it's that that typical northern self-deprecation, isn't it? It's that kind of not really wanting to over it, under what do they call it under promise and over deliver. That's always what I like to do. So uh, yeah, and the the thing with uh, G and with brand hacks kind of came slightly out of the blue if i'm honest because it it's it's not something i've ever really i've ever really aimed for to become like an expert in a group it, it's not something that i've actively uh, sort of seeked out in any way but yeah it, having done it and it's it is giving me a whole new kind of a whole new perspective on some of my assumptions to be honest because I assume that people know this stuff because I know it and I think that's a really a really tricky place to come from from a, from a business perspective because you assume knowledge in people and actually 
people do need the basics because people aren't the expert in what you do. Same with sort of driving instructors. I mean, and I, I, I realise driving instructors know that their pupils don't know anything, but there may be at some point an assumption that I don't know that they may know what a giveaway sign means, or they may know what a road marking means, and actually, they maybe don't. They may not have driven in the lives, and they may not, they may never have been in a car. And it's that kind of not now not assuming people's knowledge that is really helping me because I'm I'm more able to sort of share the basics and know what to share. Um, interesting points. And I want to touch on the driving instructor analogy for a second because you said um, the driving instructors know that their students don't know anything. I I actually would disagree with that slightly. I think a lot of instructors, and, and I used to be like this, automatically assume their students don't know anything, but they always know more than you do, more than you realise. Um, and, and part of the way that I, I teach now, as opposed to how I used to, was I will try and get the knowledge out rather than put the knowledge in, because find out what they know rather than making that. And I used to be really guilty of this saying, obviously that's a giveaway sign. It's like, not obvious if you don't know it. You know, so... I think it's a, a really valid point you make, and and it's like with the the tech side. We consider because we're an expert in our chosen field that everyone else will know this stuff. I mean, you messaged me recently. Um, uh, it almost sounds like I'm dropping you in it, and I'm not. But you messaged me recently something about a, a G drive or a Google Drive, and it's like I'm going to have to go find out what that is. What's that? <laughs> you know, and then I go and work out. But it's actually really simple when you actually look at it. But yeah. If you don't know, you don't know. But there's that assumption that that we do. Um, do you? How you said you've noticed yourself doing that? How are you combating that? Or are you trying? Is it something you try to combat making those assumptions? Yeah, I, I, I think from my perspective, it is just the more I'm getting out in front of people, and the more I'm sharing little bits of wisdom and sort of interacting with people i'm i'm finding that actually what i do i don't see what i do as difficult because i've kind of always done it to some extent maybe not as a business but i've i've done it for years um but i think for me the more i'm getting out in front of people the the more i'm realizing people actually don't know the basics and that's fine because not everyone can be an expert in everything and this is why i want to kind of try and reach more business owners because i think if they i mean for example five six years ago before i went in, into business myself i knew nothing about how facebook pages worked how ads worked um and it's it's from learning and learning the hard way I've sort of come to a point where, you know, I've, I've nailed, I've really sort of nailed down what it is I do and what I can provide. And to be, to be able to share that in places like Brand Hacks and Coaching for Geeks, um, I absolutely love it. And it's a real buzz when people say, you know what, I always wondered how you did that, and now I know how to do that. And that's that's a big, that's a payoff for me because I love it. I love helping people, and I love sort of getting people further on than when they started. I, from from an outsider looking in, I think that what you've done over the last few months has been different to what you've been like online previously. And it does seem to have been a shift around, I'm going to go back to basics. Um, 
And it, you're right, it works. You know, anyone that's listening, go and give Peter a follow because the stuff you put out there is stuff that, again, if we didn't know, you wouldn't do. And But it's interesting, actually, because one of the ones uh, that you've been talking about a lot recently, it's just whether it's videos or pictures, I think, is, um, is banners having the banners at the top. And I'm going to kind of ask you a little about more that in a second, because I do want to get into the nitty gritty of, of what you do. But I find that interesting because it's like, it makes sense the way you explained it. And being honest, it's fairly simple to do. You know, as long as you can use Canva a little bit, you know, it's fairly simple to do. So, however, I'm still not doing it. <laughs> and I think that that applies to anything in life, isn't it? Even though it's easy to do, people still don't do it. And I, I can tell you my reason or two reasons. One, it's an extra step. So initially creating that template is an extra step. It's another thing on my list of things that I need to do that doesn't seem that important, but actually it is. And then the second thing is, well, if my posts don't get an awful lot of engagement at the minute, well, there's an excuse as to why. Whereas if I do that and put the post up so everything's right, it doesn't get much engagement, it must mean it's probably the post and not the thing of it. So it's it's an interesting <laughs> psychological thing going on as well. Yeah, I mean, I would slightly disagree in the sense that, that I mean, sorry, go back to the beginning. There has been a shift in what I'm doing um, purely from a perspective is that I'm actually – thinking about what I'm putting out. I'm not just randomly sharing a meme or randomly sharing this or going on a rant about something. I still do go on rants occasionally. Um, but for me, I don't look so much at the likes, at the shares, at the comments. I, I don't really look at those metrics. What I, The way I judge it is how many new inquiries I've had this week. Has someone messaged me and commented that this was useful to them? Because when I look back over the past three, four months, and I have to say the majority of what you've seen has come from a 12-week course I did with G. Sabini Roberts, who, of course, you've had on this show. Um, and they literally took me back to basics and said, not everything you know is rubbish, but... Let's just strip it back and go back to a starting point. And literally every single person who has brought who has bought something from me on the back of my social media posts, the majority of them have never liked anything. They've never commented on anything. They've never shared anything. But the content I've put out has ingrained me in their unconscious, if you will. So at the point where they needed help with video or with audio, They've gone, oh, yeah, he does that. I've seen him post about it two, three times a day. I'm not saying you have to do that two, three times a day. That's what I do, but and I mix it up. It's not all business stuff. There is family stuff in there. There's personal stuff. There is the occasional rant, and there's sort of silly pictures. But it is that kind of just consistency in posting and getting the message, and it is really difficult, difficult, lemon, difficult to start off with. But once you get into a bit of a vibe, once you've built up a little bank of content, it does become easier and you do become sort of, you get into people's subconsciouses, if you will. I mean, yeah. I, I say all that like I know what I'm doing. There is no art to it. It is literally just 
a trained monkey throwing stuff at a wall <laughs> and some of it is sticking and it seems to be working for me. There's, there's no like massive, um, I'd love to say there is this huge social media strategy sat in the background, but it is literally just me sharing stuff, seeing what works and seeing what doesn't. And also, and a lot of people don't realize this, but repeating content as well, because I will recycle something that I posted four weeks ago, three weeks ago, and no one notices. People people have this thing about social media where they say, oh, I can't say that, I can't post that. I posted something similar two days ago. Only about 10% of your friends are going to see anything you share on any given day. Chances are if you post it two, three, four times over a period of a couple of months, the same people ain't going to see it twice. And if they do see it twice, they ain't going to remember they've seen it twice so that that helps as well in, in not having to have 100 original content you can recycle stuff and i've taken old copy and put in a new image with it um i've taken the same image and i've put different copy with it and it, it works in different ways but yeah it, at the moment it seems to be working for me and i i thank g sabina roberts for that because they really kind of pulled me back from the sort of cliff edge, if you will, and said, look, let's try this. Um, and, uh, the you know, the, I don't normally vibe with worksheets, but there was worksheets and we went through the 12 weeks. And and that and what you see on social media now is kind of a, it, it's that's the result of what, what they do. See, I... Um... When you say you've no social media strategy, I think that is your social media strategy. You're just putting stuff out there and seeing what works. You're doing what's right for you. And I don't think that means there's no strategy there. I just think it's not a rigid, structured strategy because it, everyone does it individually. Um, my thing, and I've, I've spoke about this before as well, but I was with a national driving school before. I was with a red driving school. And, and the, the customers I got, it wasn't that I didn't like. It wasn't that we didn't get on because I did with some of them. But a lot of them, we didn't connect you know there wasn't there, it wasn't great no. um and that's because they weren't choosing me they were choosing the driving school and then being assigned to me hmm. since leaving that and it's just me they're now choosing me they'll see the yeah. way i am online they'll see me as a person they come to me so we we immediately get on better and i think that it, it, it's each their own at the end of the day it doesn't have to be a rigid structured strategy um and then just before we move on to sort of the video side of stuff, I just want to speak briefly about Brand Hacks because um, that's that's a Facebook group and it's really annoyed me because I haven't got a lot of room for Facebook groups. I'm full of Facebook groups and it's another one I've got to make room for now because it's it's one of those ones. Every now and again, you'll get some crop up. It's like, that's really good. Yeah. That's 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 quality. Now I know that it's not your group, but you're part of it. You're one of the experts of in it. So I just wonder if you could just tell us a little bit about that and why people should look over to go and join Brand Hacks. Well, Brand Hacks was sort of founded, and G and Sarah will sort of kill me if I get this wrong, but it, it was founded a couple of years ago by G. Sabine Roberts and Sarah Renan. I think that's how I say her name. Apologies, Sarah, if I've said that wrong. Um, and they wanted to build a community of um, of people, of business owners, to help them with branding because that's what they did. G is a designer and Sarah uh, a photographer and she does lots of images and all the rest of it. 
So it recently, Sarah has sort of moved to a different path and she's doing different things. And so she reached out to a few people and said, do you fancy coming on board? And, and what they, the way they pitched it and they, they did it exactly right to get me involved is they kind of pitched it as being like the Avengers, like having a team of people, um, a team of sort of ordinary folks doing extraordinary things. And what we've done is we've built, and it has been collaborative. G has been great because we are one big team. It is our group. It's all our group. There's no one stakeholder. There's no one. I mean, a lot of groups have like a figurehead. It's a name above the door. Um, and what sort of G has sought to do is to kind of make it more collaborative. And we have gone down a route which is probably slightly simpler than a lot of groups. We literally have a live on a Monday. We have Wellbeing Wednesday, which is one post. Uh, and then in between that, it is just a, a, an open forum for people to ask questions about business stuff, about video. We have a Canva designer. We have uh, G who does the branding. We have Kelly who does all the back end stuff. And I'm going to get shouted at because I've forgotten someone. Um, is Emma Meller in there? Emma Meller who does Wellbeing Wednesday. Um, Emma is doing some absolutely cracking stuff at the moment. She is she's known in the business world for being someone who writes email content, and she's brilliant at what she does, and she's brilliant at social media. She's now shifting slightly because she's going down the well-being side and she's been doing a lot of learning and going through different courses to sort of do sort of breathing exercises and the well-being side of it she's just written a book and I recommend her to anyone who has a group who wants someone to come in and do well-being because that was important to me is to have someone in the group who looked after people's well-being and was just there to say are you all right and are you eating the right stuff? Are you drinking enough water? Are you taking time for yourself? Because that's as important in business than anything else. So what we tried to do with Brand Hacks now is to make it that holistic place where people can come with a business problem or if it's affecting their business, a personal problem, and we will help them try and fix it. And we will, like I said, we're doing a weekly live and we alternate between different people. And, I mean, it's something that, like, for example, the first one, um, because we did a poll and the members voted for it, the first one was how to create a template in Canva and how to then use that to do the title and the subtitles on your videos. So you might want to come revisit that, Terry. Hint taken. Um, but, yeah, so the, the Brand Axe thing, it's still, it's still a work in progress. We're only sort of three weeks into the sort of – relaunch if you will um but we we do try not to make it a group that is onerous on people and uh, we we don't really do the accountability or the check-ins because there are other spaces for that and there are better spaces for that we're not really i don't think we're equipped to go full-on like a lot of groups do we are just there to help people kind of just gently nudge them in the right directions 
Yeah. And there's a lot of quality in there, which is, is I would recommend anyone listening, go and check it out, including uh, head over to the show notes where you'll find a link for it over there. I'll tag that into the show notes. Um, but I want to circle back and I want to get on to you because we're promoting other people. <laughs> so let's talk about you and what you're doing. Now, the interesting thing for me is how you described yourself at the start. You described it as video editing, content creation, podcasting, and multimedia to, to kind of sum it up, which is similar to what I put. Uh, well, my notes, which I've down as a radio DJ, video expert, and social justice warrior. It's weird because you're the second person to mention the social justice thing, and I—that's not a conscious decision on my part. It really isn't. Um, I don't set out to be that, but you're the second person, independent of the other person, to actually say that. Um, and the first time that came up was when I was doing the the twelve week course I mentioned earlier, which I'm not on a commission for. I'm, I'm constantly <laughs> mentioning it, but I'm really not. And as part of a live video, the person running it said, "Oh, you know, you've got a strong sense of social justice." And I'm like, "Have I?" And I went back over my social media post. And I was like, "Yeah, I do. Yeah, I." I and that's where I sort of mentioned earlier about the rants. I. I I tried to sort of temper it a little bit, um, not because I want to silence myself and not because I'm scared of attracting attention because I'm really not. Um, it's more kind of picking the fights. Um, there was a meme I saw a little while ago, and it's like, you know, fight your battles. No, that's too many battles. Put some battles back. Um, and I'm, so now I, I sort of pick and choose my battles. Uh, which is a smart thing mentally because you can literally run yourself on the ground worrying about everyone else. That doesn't mean I don't care. That doesn't mean I won't shout for people. It, it just means I'm now sort of a bit more selective about what I put out there. What I would say is that I think it's wise because as much as you may handle if any negativity that comes your way, you may handle it well, you still need to handle it. You know, I think back to... And this is something I've got better at personally in the I get a lot of negative comments. I don't get abuse as such, but I get a lot of negative comments uh, around the podcast, around uh, me, around what I comment and what I post on, you know, and it's like, it doesn't really phase me anymore. 18 months ago, it would have done. Now it's like, well, I mean, the one that stands out for me was last Christmas when I had to self-isolate for 10 days. And I tried to get the £500, I think it was, um, that they were offering at the time. But apparently, because I'd earned too much the previous year, I wasn't entitled to it. I'm like, but I've worked for three months this year because yeah. of COVID. I, I have no money, and it's Christmas. I've literally got no money. Um, and I'm really annoyed. And I did this little rant on Facebook just talking about how, because at the time they were talking about fining people. Uh, for breaking isolation for £5,000. So I made a little comment about how I can find people for breaking isolation £5,000, but I don't give them the £500 for staying in isolation. Hmm. And someone commented, and excuse my language on this, but someone's comment, first comment was, uh, fuck you, you cunt. And I'm like, oh, okay. But my response was, thanks for that feedback. Have a nice day. And that's literally how I do it now. But the thing is, it's still there. And the comments still come in. So the more that you put out there, you still have to deal with it. You still have to process it, even if it doesn't bother you as much. But in terms of being a social justice warrior, I think that's a good thing the way you've described it because it's not something that you're proactively doing. It just shows what a nice person you are. 
it's just in your brain, all the nice stuff. And we were speaking yeah. before the show about just being nice. And that's it. That's that's part of it in that <clears throat> it, I think if people do it consciously and they do it to look like they're doing the right thing, it sticks out an absolute mile. I can spot those people a mile off. But it's the people who genuinely care and genuinely they're not sort of commenting they're not posting for the sake of this is the latest thing this is what's trending if you go back over my social media five six seven years you'll find that i've talked about the same things sort of fairly consistently and i find it less exhausting because actually if you just talk about what you believe in and you stay true to your beliefs you're not having to constantly remember what you said last week about something um, which I find it, it does get, you know, people who do that, it must get exhausting. Uh, but yeah, and, and but yeah, there is that, there is a balance to be had, especially if you're in business. You've got to balance the two sides. I am getting better at balancing it, um, but still work to be done. But that's not to say that if I sort of see something that, needs to be challenged, I'll watch hands because I will. I absolutely will. And I don't I don't really care who I upset, if I'm honest. I I'd never set out to upset someone consciously. If I see someone who is doing something that is I perceive as wrong. So racism, um homophobia, it, I, I will call it out and I don't care who it is doing it, I will call them out. Um and I will I, I am getting better at being an, an ally. Um, and it's the same with with anything. It's just being a nice person, really. It's that, that's the core of it, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I think that too many people don't try and just be a nice person. The world would be a better place if everyone was just nice. But I keep trying to circle back and we keep detouring. I want to circle back because you are uh, the video meister, um, the, the content creator extraordinaire. Um, so tell me, I'm going to throw this quite broad, uh, not necessarily specific to our industry at the minute, but why is video so important? Well, at the moment, because we've all been through the last 18 months and we've all started consuming more stuff online, um, we've seen growth in platforms like TikTok, um, Instagram, has recently announced that they're moving away from being a photo sharing app because they've always been a photo sharing app and they're con they're going to concentrate more on video. Essentially, what Facebook wants to do is turn Instagram into a TikTok-style app. So video is now prioritised on Facebook, on Instagram, on TikTok. It is literally the only thing you can do is video. Um Video content now is prioritised over any other type of content because what these companies have learned is that actually video content keeps people on their sites for longer. And ergo, it means that they can show people more adverts, which means they make more money. Because essentially, that's all social media is. We, we are the product. You know, It's the, whole, the old saying, if you ain't paying for it, you're the product. And we are the product because we consume the content. And if you realise that, then that's great. But at the moment, if you look at the stuff that is doing big numbers, if you look at the stuff that's getting great reach, it's video content. And I know myself, when I share a video, 
I get better engagement than I would if I just say share an image or if I share some text. And often I will turn photos into a little slideshow and use that because it's a video and it'll show up in people's watch feeds. And I don't begin to, to say I understand how the algorithms of these places work. I simply know that, like I said earlier, from being a trained monkey, I am throwing stuff at the wall and the stuff that sticks is the video stuff. And if you look at the – and this goes back quite a few years from when we first had, like, the YouTube influencers, inverted commas, if you will. Um, and we're now seeing, because YouTube became so big so quickly, that literally everywhere has been overtaken by video to the point where, I mean, I've got an app on my smart TV, which is Facebook Watch, which literally just allows me to watch videos on Facebook. Um. So that's why I think it is important to use video simply because it is it's the way that the it's the thing that these sites prefer you to use. And if you use Instagram for photos and use it for business, you're gonna have to fairly quickly get on top of how you can do videos because you are gonna see your reach drop massively if you keep just sharing photos. And that's why I'm so passionate about it because I know it works. Yeah. Uh, I, I like that tip as well about the um, the, the slideshow uh, or the pictures to make their video because I know a lot of people are not comfortable making videos or whatever. So I think that's a good tip. And, and the other one someone gave me the other day is like on, on Canva, you can get the little animations. Yeah. You put the animation on your photo, effectively that makes it a video as well, which has a, a similar effect, if not the same. But one of the things I, I kind of like your take on here, I suppose, is with driving instructors at the moment there's a, a massive massive demand for lessons there's a huge sort of six month backlog on driving tests and all this kind of stuff so there's a huge demand for lessons and which fire outweighs supply so at the minute 99% of instructors we're just blessed with work you yeah. know i could easily take on five new students today if i wanted to so i think a lot of instructors are not putting any thought into their promotion into that side of it it's just i'll just do my work because the work's going to be there i have a slight concern around what's going to happen in six to 12 months you know when that drops off because there are some still instructors doing it and, and you know who are you going to go to as a student so you're a student looking for lessons you see instructor a that's doing all this stuff for the past 12 months and then you say instructor B, who's just been recommended to you by one person. Well, you're going to go to instructor A because you've been watching them for 12 months. So I think that we need to be careful with that. But but what tips would maybe you give to instructors to be doing now to be ready for that 12 months time or 18 months time when that, that demand starts to dip? There's an old saying in that the wrong time to advertise is when you're quiet because you get desperate. Um so for me, if you've got loads of students at the moment and you are physically doing more work than you could possibly do, is look at what content you can get from that. Look at um, the feedback you get. Look at – because, I mean, young people these days, 17, 18-year-olds will learn to drive. Obviously not during the driving lesson, but they are constantly on their phones. They're constantly recording stuff. They, they've grown up with this culture of cataloging everything. So 
get them get them to you know if they're sort of really into it or they sort of mention it then get them to do a little video for you but you know when they pass the test get them to do a little thing saying i've just passed the test with it um it was brilliant at this that, and the other and i'd recommend him and just build a bank have a folder on your desktop that's video reviews and get people just to give a little or when you do those pictures because all driving instructors do it they have the the picture of the i'm i'm, I'm and I'm conscious I'm doing this visually for you, Terry. That's going to work on podcasts. But the, you have the picture in front of the car with the certificate. Get them to do that, but get them to say, I can't believe I just passed my test. So and so, so and so is a genius, and I can't thank them enough. And build up a bank of content using those people that you have now. Um, if you, I mean, most driving instructors have dash cams. So, if you spot someone making a complete tit of themselves on the roads, dab that dash cam button, save that bit of content, and put it out, uh, you know, for the future. Um, and you can you can literally put it out as a hazard perception piece of content. What's wrong in this video? It could be someone pulling out without indicating. It could be someone not checking the mirrors. Or one of my favourite ones is when you have the guys who open the doors and then the car just goes straight through the door because they don't check the mirror. You know, if you see stuff like that. I have a mantra, which is everything is content if you're brave enough. Um, And if you think about, I mean, your cars are constantly recording front and back, I would imagine. You've got young people who love making videos. So just leverage it and build up a bank. And then when it gets to a time when you are quieter, you can load stuff out. But also drip stuff out now. You don't have to post five, six, seven times a day. One or two times a day is fine, and you can schedule more stuff in an hour a week. So just start drip-feeding stuff out because you will get ingrained into people's subconsciouses. And if you think about it, in 12 months' time, you're going to want the people who are 16 now to come to you. Those 16-year-olds are on Facebook, they're on Instagram, they're on TikTok. So if you're putting stuff out on those things now, you're ingraining yourselves in their psyche. So when they come to driving lessons, they think, oh, yeah, Terry Cook. I've been watching him for this past year on Facebook or Instagram, and he's brilliant, and he does this and that and the other, and he's had loads of passes. And that is how you do it. You've got to have – you've got to almost sort of that drip feed. But for for driving instructors – You've got a, you've got a really sort of deep mine of stuff you can content you know, that you can put out. Yeah, uh, a couple of things that I want to touch back on there. I think that you mentioned about posting two or three times a day. That that can seem quite daunting to to someone that doesn't post or maybe only post their past pictures. Um, uh, what I would say is because it used to be daunting to me. Don't have to start doing two or three times a day start doing once a week and then start doing twice a week and then three times a week. And, and like for me, one one of the things I've done, because it's slightly different for me, because not only am I doing my driving school, but I'm doing the podcasting stuff as well. I had an extra 15 minute between lessons and part of what I use that for is social media. So, oh. and because I've just done a lesson, I'll have stuff fresh in my mind that I can go and post about. Um, the thing that I need to make more of is, is what you're talking about now is the video side of it. I, I've let that slip a bit recently. But the other thing I, w- I would say, and this is a, a tip for any instructors listening, actually, and again, I'd like, I'd like 
your take on this will be interesting. Um, they will put up dash cam clips. They will put up, you know, different stuff like that. But they put it up in driving instructor groups. Like that's that's not your target. That's not going to grow your audience. That's you know, yeah, it's interesting. Put it up there as well, by all means. I like seeing them. But one of the biggest ones I had was one I did. I don't know if it was twenty twenty or twenty nineteen, but it was just me driving along, and I've seen this jogger. And I'm turning left, and I can see him jogging towards a junction, and he's not looking. Mm-hmm. So I've slowed down because I know what he's going to do. He's not going to look. He's going to walk straight across. Sure enough, because I've slowed down, he walks straight across, halfway across road. He realizes what he's done, looks, apologizes, and carries on. Mm-hmm. I've then comment commentated over that video, and that was one of my best ones. I did somewhat similar when um, you've gone down this country road, and there's a, a clip where you can see over the wall down this country road and see a horse and rider coming and it's about two seconds you can see it and then like the road change and you can't see because the wall and that was a really good one i had loads of comments on that because people were saying that they wouldn't normally look there they'd be looking this other place so because i'd seen it and commented on it you're able to then reduce your speed going round because you can anticipate the horse whereas everyone else said i'd have just gone round and it's that because you can see it and commentate on it and you can hear they can watch it and hear it 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 does make a massive difference and to a potential pupil you having a video like that where they are sitting there in the car with you almost because of the way it's recorded and you're there commenting saying as you can see we come towards this corner we can see if you look to the left there is a horse over the ridge of the hill if we go down the hill you're not going to see it what we need to do is reduce our speed and we need to this that and the other and again it goes that it goes back to that ingraining yourself in people's subconsciouses because you're now familiar to them they've been in a car with you in their heads because they've seen this video and you've commented over it and that's what you're wanting to do you it's that personal connection that you're trying to build with people it isn't just the trying to get loads of likes and shares and comments because I don't even look at those things. They're, they're not a metric that interests me. It is literally how much business am I getting? And it's our people messaging me saying, oh, I really like this piece of content because you said you got loads of comments, which is great. And I love getting comments. I love getting likes and shares. But it's, it's I, I kind of don't look at it too much because if I look at it too much, I get a little bit down high because I'm not getting like a million shares or anything else. But actually, it, the stuff I'm putting out is working and it can work for anyone. It can work in any industry. Um, driving instructors is a really great one because you, you have access to so much. I mean, there's literally TV shows where they just show dash cam footage and they get 2 million like uh, viewers a week. And I'm like, Driving instructors, the content is is forever there. It's just knowing how to use it, and it's knowing it's giving people what they want. And like you said, if you commentate over a video, you're almost putting that 16-year-old who's watching your videos on Instagram now, you're putting them in the car with you, and in a year's time, when they actually get in a car with you, they'll feel it'll, it'll be a familiarity. And you've already got that rapport slightly with them because they feel like they know you. Um, and and that's what it's all about. Yeah, uh, and 
how you mentioned there again, you spoke about reels and TikTok and, and that side of it, and and that's where the youth is. You know, uh, you know, that's where the 17 and younger, you know, that's where they are. Um, and, and we can tell that because my most of my promotion goes on Facebook. And, and largely that's because that's where I'm comfortable. You know, I'm still learning the others. Um, but that's the biggest reason why my average customer is 25 to 30, because that's who's on Facebook, not the, the 17 year olds. So. How important is it to tailor? So, for example, the I don't do a lot on Instagram and TikTok, but a little bits. And when I try and do it, I try and tailor it towards the younger generation. But on Facebook, I talk differently. I talk more towards, like I say, the 25 to 30-year-olds or more towards the parents. How important is it to, to, to speak to the audience that's there? I mean, driving instructors, it... It is a difficult one because I am conscious that when I started driving, my first driving instructor was recommended by my dad. And, you know, it was family recommendation. So it is important to speak to those people. But equally, look at, you mean, you say about using different voices and different platforms, which you can do. But I think, again, we go down the route of it being exhausting, having to be different people to different audiences. If you can find a way to combine the stuff you do for young people with the stuff you do for older people, because, I mean, I find funny dash cam videos really funny. Um, a lot of people my age probably wouldn't because they're not children like I am. Um, but equally, there'll be younger people out there who will find them boring as anything and they will want to actually build a personal connection with you. So it's about having content that you can put out on every social media platform and not worrying too much about trying to be a certain thing on a certain place. I mean, the big thing for driving instructors is you need to be able to really nail it down to a locality. You need to be able to, to reach people who are going to buy from you because with the best will in the world, I can't buy from you, Tim, because you live halfway across the country. So although I enjoy your content and all, I love the stuff you put out, I'm not your customer because if I ever know someone who needs a driving lesson and they live near me, I'm not going to say, well, travel two hours across the country at Terry and he'll give you an hour's lesson than you can drive two hours back. Um, and both Facebook and Instagram allow you to tag into a location or and it will then know to show people in your area your stuff. Um, and that's what you need to tap into. Uh, TikTok is a slight unknown in that respect because – it, it literally doesn't have any borders. So you could put stuff out and it gets brilliant engagement and you'll, people end up seeing it in Brazil and like Argentina. And you're like, that's lovely. It's great. I'm getting loads of likes, but it that is more just the fun side. And I'm, I'm yet to really dig deep into TikTok, if I'm honest. It's interesting what you say, especially around like create, the creation of content, because for me, it's not just used as a way to get people in. Uh, get people interested it's usually a way to sell yourself hmm. and, and the example I'm going to use here was a few weeks ago I had a, a young lady message me 
Um, she was off to university in Cambridge. She had lessons arranged for Cambridge, but she suddenly decided, I want to do some over here first. I know the roads. This is where I want to start. But, you know, messaging people, struggling to get um, lessons because everyone's fully booked. But the, she messaged me and my my response is, well, I am really busy, but if you let me know your availability, I'll see what I can do. And she basically says, I'm available anytime because I'm not doing all for the next, I think it was six weeks. I just want as many lessons as I can and you can fit me in anywhere. And even if that means when someone cancels, just text me and I'll come and fill that spot. And I'm like, I can work with that. Yeah, I can get someone in at a short notice. It's like that. But there were two of us, two instructors, and she chose me. Now, I asked her why, and I think this is key as well, to sometimes ask your students why they've chosen you or why they didn't choose you sometimes as well. But And she's like, well, every instructor I spoke to was just really blunt. I'm like, I'm really busy, can't do it. You actually asked me questions. But then the reason why she chose me over the other chap initially was because when I said, I'll have a look and see what I can do, I also said, I'll send you some stuff. Here's a link to my five-minute theory podcast. Here's a link to my Facebook group. Is linked to my training course. And she says, the other guy just said, all right, I'll book you in. And it's like, well, who do you go for in that situation? I think the key thing there is you've been, you have given her value before she's ever paid you a penny. So you've got that suite of resources that you can lean back on. You've got your five minute favorite podcast. You've got videos that you've put out online already. You've got content. And you can literally say, well, you know, if you, if you, you know, you've kind of said to her, here's some stuff that will get you started. Um, if you do decide to go with me, great. If not, then, it, you know, she can still enjoy that content. She can still use it. And that's the difference. It's the differentiator that you've given her some value before ever having taken a penny off her. And people like that. People like being able to kind of come into your world without any expectation of sort of getting payment. But that's, it's the same way, it's really, it's the same way I work in that I do put out content that is helpful for people genuinely. I try and put stuff out which informs, entertains and helps people. And the, the end goal of that is the same with your five-minute theory. The end goal is that, people will get to know your name and when they think about driving lessons, they think about Terry Cook. And if they think about doing video stuff, they think about Pete. And that's that's where I look at it. If you're helping people, if you're helpful, and it ties back to that social justice thing as well, is that I'm just kind of hardwired to help people, most of the time to the detriment of my own, my own good, uh, to be honest. But there is that kind of, if you help people, people will seek you out and... It's, I think it's the same in any business. If you're out there being helpful, I mean, it's like when the big supermarkets and they do campaigns for um, food banks or they do this, that, and the other, they're not doing that for the good of their own health. They're doing it because they want to be seen to be helping people. And by doing that, they're going to encourage more people into their stores because they're, they're a nice place to be. And it's the same with small businesses. If you're just really blunt and go, yeah, I'll book you in, that's fine, no problem. And people have choice these days. People have a lot of choice. Back when I was sort of first learning to drive, it was literally adverts in the back of the local paper. 
now I can go to Google, I can go to social media, and I get a list of 10, 20 driving skills. And at the moment, everyone's really busy, which is fantastic for everyone in the industry. There will come a point in the future where that saturation drops off and people will start having a choice about where they go. And that is why I say to people, start building that that sort of bank of content and that personal brand now because if you're already out there being helpful and i appreciate it sounds like a lot of work and it can be a lot of work depending on how you do it but you've gone the right way because you are doing things like the five minute theory which is literally just a really short snippet of really useful information that people can consume and by doing that people local to you who are finding that and listen to that and use it to revise well when it comes to actually doing lessons we'll think yeah well i've really enjoyed his content he's really helped me therefore i will go to him for my driving lessons same with me in video if people have found my content useful the hope for me is that at some point in the future they will get so busy with actual work they won't have time to do the video stuff and then go well pete really helped me pete is the one who put who sort of started this ball rolling I can't, I don't have the time anymore to do these videos myself. Therefore, I will ask him to do it for me. And that has happened with quite a few of my clients where they've come to me a few months after they've seen a piece of my content. And they've said, oh, well, I've been doing this and it really works. I'm like, yeah, I know it works. I know because I do it. (laughs) And it's, and then they've come to me and I now edit their videos for them because they are far too busy to do it themselves. And that's the kind of end goal, if you will. And it's, I can put this, it's, it's interesting what you say again, because I think that we're, we're obsessed with, I've got to make this thing and this thing's going to be the biggest in the world. And if it's not the biggest in the world, what's the point in me doing it? Well, it's a time saver. Like I'll use the five minute fairies example, but the same would apply for YouTube videos or TikTok videos or whatever. Someone asked me a question. I can refer them back often to an episode of that. I'll just go find the link, send them the link, and then it saves me five minutes talking to them. And it's actually a time saver like that. And then what they do is then go, oh, I didn't know about this. Right, okay, I'm going to check all of this out. Um, and again, that would be the same for YouTube or whatever. But but speaking of people finding you useful, um, I find you very useful at the minute. You're doing lots of awesome stuff for me. But I'm going to put you on the spot slightly. Um, what resources would you recommend for anyone that is uh, looking to start creating video content? Right. So the first thing I would say is you do not need to spend any money on buying cameras or microphones or anything like that. If you've got a half-decent mobile phone, you have normally at least a 1080 HD camera, which is more than sufficient for online stuff. You, They have built in fairly good microphones. Now, I wouldn't suggest recording a podcast on, on a phone, but equally, the audio is going to be pretty good. Um, so there is a bit of a sort of misnomer that, oh, I need to buy this camera, I need a GoPro, or I need this and the other. Other cameras are available. Um, unless GoPro wants to sponsor me, in which case. Um, Again, put the thumbs up, and it doesn't work on a podcast. Um, for me, I I personally use an editing suite, which is an arm and a leg job. That's because I need access to all of the tools, to things 
like the colour correction and to do the sound and everything else, the majority of people can use completely free resources. So as an example, on iOS and Android, there is an app called InShot, which you can shoot a video using your phone camera. You can put it into InShot. You can take a background out of Canva, which is another one. Uh, Canva is ace for designing stuff and if you just put into Canva's search bar exactly where it is you're posting it, it will give you a template for it. Um, and you can put that into InShot, and within a sort of three, four minutes, you can drop a video onto a background, and you can put it out. Um, if you're more desktop-based, then uh, there is a website called capwing.com, which is K-A-P-W-I-N-G, and that, again, is it's, it's a fairly powerful piece of software well not software it's a website but it allows you to do the video editing and it can auto generate your subtitles for you i can't say it's brilliant at doing that but it can do it um you can also use that to make memes and everything else which is fantastic um but mobile based i would go for the InShot app on ios and android and canva for making uh, social media posts in Canva now, you can also use that to make little videos. Um, and I believe it now has a scheduling tool built into it as well. I've not used it yet. But again, th there is free versions of all these things. You don't have to spend any money to get started. And what I would say to people is just give it a go. Just record something as if no one's ever going to see it. And then just post a video. You don't, uh, to get started, I wouldn't even say you have to make a background. You have to do this, you have to do that. Just record a video and put it onto the internet. Put it on Facebook, put it on Instagram. And just, it doesn't matter how many mistakes you make. It doesn't have to be perfect. Just start putting stuff out. And as you move along, you will start seeing people are interacting, people are engaging. And then you can maybe spend a bit more time learning these free tools and you can get better at them and it's it's an organic thing it just grows you don't need to be all singing all dancing from day one don't get me wrong it's brilliant if you are but you don't need it it's it's the whole ethos of it's jfdi just flip in do it because once you've done it once you get over that kind of initial fear of what if people laugh at me? What if people don't think I'm any good at this? What if I look like a like a dick? Um, and that's why I say record it and then put it out. Because then at least you can watch it back. And, but don't get too sort of worked up by it. Don't get too hamstrung by getting it word perfect. Because in real life, I'm not word perfect. So I will never edit my videos to a point where they are word perfect in Queen's English. Because I do sit and are. I do occasionally swear, and I do leave that in. But, I mean, it's that personal preference. But, but yeah, the, they're, they're the tools. So I've strayed far, far from the point of that question, but they're the tools I would I would recommend as, as free tools. Um, the other one I use quite a lot at the moment is uh, otter.ai, which is a captioning um, software um website and actually that uh, you can use it for audio as well so you can upload an audio into it and it will transcript it 
that is a feature of the paired version, but it tends to give me better results than the inbuilt ones um, with on kapwing.com because the, the AI just generally seems to be better, especially with regional accents such as ours, Terry. Yep. Um, AI really struggles with it, and they seem to have it nailed. Uh, so otter.ai is another one. And that gives you, between Canva, InShot, and Otter, that gives you your, all you need. And there are free versions of them all. You don't have to pay for anything. And then when you, when you do need to pay for them, the, the fees are, are incredibly low. You're talking maybe seven or eight pounds a month. Um, in shot, I think for a year of the pro is about 20 quid. Um, but you can do everything on the free version, you, you don't need to, to pay for these things, yeah. And I th- again, I know you went off on a tangent, but I think it was a worthy tangent because, first of all, good resources. I think I use a bulk of them already, um, and I would recommend them. But you spoke about almost starting now and getting perfect later. You know, you go back and listen to the five minute fear from the beginning, that first episode. Well, the first few were recorded on a phone, and you can again, they're okay, but you can hear when the microphone comes in. Um, but also, that first episode took me about eight hours. Now, bear in mind, it's five minute theory, you know. Although I struggled, I think the first episode was eight minutes, I couldn't get it down. I've, you know, it took me about eight hours. It was now that that episode is recorded, edited, canvassed and sent out in about 30 to 40 minutes. You know, well, that first one took me eight hours, so it's just starting now and getting perfect later. Um, all right, so I think that seems like a, a good place to to look at wrapping up, but I ask all my guests, or the ones that I remember at least, to ask me to uh, to leave us with a book recommendation. So if you were to give us a book to read, or say else, me. Oh, now then, that's a good one. Um, for me... Probably the book I would recommend if I'm thinking about it. And I, I don't tend to read a lot of books, but the one I would recommend, the one that's had the most impact on my life is definitely, can I, can I swear? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, it's called How to Be Fucking Awesome by Mr. Dan Meredith. Um, that book changed my life in so many ways. Um, it gave me kind of the confidence to be who I am. It also connected me via his Facebook group with the majority of the people that I work with today. Um, Certainly people like Robin Bates, G. Sweeney Roberts. I wouldn't be in their worlds without knowing, without having come to them through Dan's world. So that, that would be my recommendation. It's a cracking book. Um, the audiobook is superb because I think the audiobook it just sort of gives you a bit of extra Dan, if you will. Not that anyone needs more Dan. <laughs> um, hi Dan, if you're listening. Um, but yeah, it, that that would be a book I would recommend. So, How to Be Fucking Awesome by Dan Meredith. I would second that book. Uh, I would also second the fact that I it's, I think it's one of the few books I think is better in the audio version because you get his actual voice with it. Yeah. Um, and it's you get his like you get like his bits of sarcasm which don't come across on the page, but there are certain stories that he tells about his past. And I won't ruin it for people, but there are some really funny stories that he tells about his sort of past and um, his upbringing. And having his voice read it, and he's an incredible speaker. 
and the, the book just it just makes it it just it's it there are some really funny bits but also the, the base of it is really solid it's a really solid book about how to get out your own way and how to just get on with things and i don't think without it i would be anywhere near where i am today um so that is definitely my my book recommendation there is also and i'm going to cheekily plug a second book um which is neurodiverse neurodiverse entrepreneurial awesomeness and that is um by our by our friend g sabini roberts and sarah kedge um and that deals with neurodiversity in entrepreneurship and business so that's the other one i would recommend I will, I will pick that one up, but uh, I, I just want to touch back on, on how to be fucking awesome for a second because there are free books that I listen to, admittedly not read, but listen to every year. Uh, and they're the only free books that I've read or listened to more than twice. Um, Dan's How to Be Fucking Awesome, uh, You Are a Badass by Jen Sincero, and 15 Minutes to Happiness by Richard Nichols. Um which I love all three of those books. They're my motivational books, one of whom has been on the podcast, one of whom is coming on the podcast, and one of whom is a long-term goal to get on the podcast, but I don't think it'll happen, but we'll never know. Yeah, I mean, I've I've also listened to the Jen Sincero one, and I have to say, she is she comes at it from a very different perspective. She's a little bit more woo if you will but that's not a bad thing there there is a balance to be had and the the way Dan comes at it it just kind of spoke to me because I think he's similar age to me Um, he's slightly older Um, (laughs) and not as good looking Um, but but yeah he's um, he speaks to me on on a certain level because he has kind of had to pull himself up by his bootstraps. He he has had genuine adversity in his life. He he's you know he, he he's very self-deprecating, but actually that the book that he wrote and the groups that he runs, there's I there's countless people who are still on this earth because of his world who wouldn't be here simply. I know from speaking to people personally that and and that for me is really powerful because it is literally helping people to be the best they can and helping people to get out their own way and get themselves out there in a way that is sort of really liberating it. And, and I hate the word transformational, but it, it is. And Jen Sincero is another one where it, it helps you deal with a lot of ingrained under the surface stuff. And I found that really powerful as well. I shall take your third recommendation. I shall seek that out and read it. Awesome. Audiobook. Uh, it's, it's another one of those that I think is better as an audiobook. But uh, just touching on your point about Dan Meredith, um, awesome blog, awesome groups. Go check them out. But uh, yes, I am one of those people. Uh, I, uh, Without going into details, we'll save that for another episode. That's going to be a Patreon exclusive. Um, but yeah, um, I'm one of those people that wouldn't be here without Dan Meredith, and I've, I've told him as such. Um, uh, so yeah, wonderful human being. Anyway, w- let's move on and let's wrap up, because I want to know, give you a moment, where can people find you and what can you actually provide to, to people? <laughs> You can find me in the Facebook group 
Brand Hacks. Um, that is where I do a lot of my hanging out. Um, you can find me on the internet at petergarbach.com, which is peter, G-A-R-B-A-C-Z.com. Um, I'll just add me on Facebook. Search me on Facebook. I'm very easy to find. Search my name. You'll see a picture of my cartoon face with yellow background. Don't add the one that's just below me because he's my namesake in Canada. Um, he hasn't really got a sense of humour because I once actually sent him uh, a messenger message when I was drunk once, um, just saying, knowing me, Peter Garbatch, knowing you, Peter Garbatch, aha. Um, and he didn't respond. I, I don't think the humour sort of carries. Anyway, yeah, add me on Facebook. Um, you can, I'm, I'm pretty much an open book, so you can look at all my content, uh, message me on there. I am also on LinkedIn. I don't tend to use LinkedIn that much because I find it a little bit boring. So, yeah, that's how people can find me. Okay, but I am going to take a moment to make you sell something, uh, and I'm going to suggest the thing that I'm going to be coming to you for at some point, which is, uh, I don't know if you're late, but one of the things you've been talking about, about creating that, that interview, that interview package. Yeah, the brand stories. Brand stories is a product that actually isn't on my website yet because I haven't worked out how to make the booking system talk to my website, which is kind of annoying. But if you go onto my Facebook, you will find it, me mentioning it several times, and I may even just put a link straight to it once it's properly launched. It's currently in – I've currently booking in the second beta phase of that. And essentially what it is is people want to get started with video, and the number one piece of feedback I get back is I don't know where to start with it. I don't know how I would get started. So what I do with Brand Stories is I do what you're doing now. I interview you over Zoom. I ask you some leading questions. I ask you some questions that are designed to piss you off because in there is the gold. Uh, if I if I annoy you, if I say to you, oh, Terry, why... Why would I come to you for a driving instructor? I can just watch videos online. And you go, actually, Pete, that's a lot of nonsense. And you're and, da, da, da. and that is where the gold is. And I take that and I produce a three to four minute video of you talking about who you are, how you got to where you are, what you do, who you help, and how people can buy from you. And then break that down into smaller chunks so you can use it on things like Instagram Reels and Facebook Stories, um, on TikTok. And essentially, for a one-off fee, you get an interview and you get like a little bank of content, which you can then put out into the world. You also get a transcript of the entire thing and you can sort of copy and paste stuff out of that onto social media to use as your, your sort of copy, your text. Because people struggle to, if I said to you, Terry, I want you to record me a five-minute video. Are you just talking about what you do? You'd be like, I've no idea. I've no, I don't know where to start with this. Whereas, like you've done today, I interview you, and I it's my job as the interviewer to get the best out of you. So, and I said this to uh, Amanda Leake, who I'm doing this for later on today, is that, that she was asking sort of advice of how to prepare. I said, well, number one, if it's rubbish, it's my fault. If it's brilliant, it's my fault. There is no way in the world that if it goes horribly, it is their fault because it's my job as the interviewer to make them comfortable and to get them talking. And that's what Brand Stories does. So that's the, that's the, that's the thing I would plug at the moment. 
Amanda Leek, uh, on the second ever episode of the Instructor Podcast. Ooh. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, actually, I want to say that I think that's brilliant. I think that for driving instructors, that that, that could be massive. Um, not necessarily for getting customers in, but for filtering customers out. I think that's where it'll be good. You know, if I'm if you've got me talking about uh, working with people that aren't very confident and, um, you know, spending lessons where we're talking and spending time on theory tests, that's going to filter out the people that, that you know, work on their premise. So if the wheels aren't, if the wheels aren't turning, we're not learning, you know. And yeah. so I think that'll be brilliant for instructors for that side of it. Um, but I'm pleased I managed to get you to promote something, so that's good. So, uh, yeah, I just want to uh, thank you for your time today. It's a pleasure talking to you. And I re- really appreciate giving up some of your time. Well, thank you very much, Terry. It's been wonderful to speak to you. I really enjoyed it. The Instructor Podcast with Terry Cook. Talking with leaders, innovators, experts and game changers about what drives them. So thank you for hanging about to the end of the Instructor Podcast after the final music. So you've just heard even more of Peter Garbage then. And we're about to get even more of Peter Garbage now as we ask him the dreaded dreaded seven quick fire that are never really that quick fire questions are you ready Pete? i am ready and poised dog or cat dog you're, you're on the good list there um now you said you don't read much but what is your favorite book of all time oh um favorite book of all time um Charlie and chocolate factory Excellent choice. I might go revisit that now. Uh, would you ever consider going vegan? No. You look strange saying that. No, I, 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 you know, I, you know what? I would actually, I would never count it out. I, I just enjoy eating meat too much at the moment. I, but I make, I, I wouldn't completely rule it out. But at the moment, it would be a, a soft no. Favorite film of all time. Oh God! Now you're asking. Um, oh, this is a really difficult one because there's so many good films. I'd probably say Happy Gilmore. Excellent. Uh, if you were a driving instructor, which obviously not, but if you were, what do you think you'd call your learners? Would it be learners, students, pupils, customers, clients? Um. Students, I was going to say students. Yeah, because there is a teacher-student relationship, so I'd say students. What is your proudest achievement? Uh, my kids. What is your proudest professional achievement? Professional achievement? Um, working with people like uh, Robin Bates. Um, I, I know this is quick fire, but I was a follower of Robin long 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 before i ever came into his world um so getting to work with people like that who i genuinely have looked up to for a long time and admired is and honestly getting getting this business off the ground has been a sort of two three year i I joked with someone last night um that i'm currently in the third year of my overnight success tour um, and it's just, just getting to a point where, like, for example, brand stories, it was an idea I had, I refined it a little bit, but I just put it out there and if it did well, it did well. If it didn't, it didn't. And it sold really well. And it's the first time 
I've had a product that's gone out and just sold. So between working with people like Robin and getting this product out there and it going really well, that they're some two biggest achievements. Excellent. And uh, give me one goal that you would like to achieve going forward. I think for me, it, the, the goal for me is to get to a point where there's sort of a comfort and there's not regiment as such, but just where there's a comfortable number of customers coming in and uh, sort of a, a workable amount of work being done. Um, at the moment, it's like like our industry. It's very stop start. It's very kind of feast or famine, and it'd be nice to achieve that sort of nice zen point of being busy enough but not too busy. Um, I don't know if that's really something a goal, but it you know that's what instantly sprang to mind. It's a good goal to me. Uh, yeah, so good goal to me. Uh, so thank you for taking in the moment to answer those quick fire questions. <laughs> And uh, I appreciate you joining us on the show and staying back to answer those. Oh, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. It's been wonderful.